Our first reading comes from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was an energetic and capable governor of Judah about 450 B.C. He was responsible for developing his country many years following the Babylonian exile. He rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, conducted a sweeping social reform, and reorganized the ill-functioning temple, which had recently been rebuilt. Ezra was a priest and religious scholar who worked with Nehemiah. He was responsible for religious reform. Together they raised Judah and its people from chaos, religious indifference, and poverty. This reading gives us a glimpse of the work of Ezra. Even though the exile ended almost a century before, things were still not going well for Judah and its people. Religious confusion, lawlessness, religious indifference, and the acceptance of pagan practices and customs were rampant. Religious reform, he gathers the people and reads to them from the book of the law. This is the Torah, the first five books of the Bible that contain a definition of the Jewish beliefs and the way of life for them. The people's response to what was they heard was a solemn amen, followed by an act of worship. They received and accepted the word of the Torah as God's word and the God's law. Equipped with, equipped with the knowledge of and guided by, the God, by God's law, the people of Judah could now begin to work toward their renewal as God's chosen people. The second reading continues from last Sunday's reading of how Paul dealt with the problems of division and misuse of charismatic gifts in the Corinthian community. He explained that all gifts, though different, are complementary and necessary. To explain this, he used the image of a human body which consists of many different parts. Each of these parts is designed to perform a unique function, but only by working together can they make the entire body function properly. These very simple images serve to make several critical points regarding the Christian community. Paul teaches the Corinthians that, though, that through baptism and the gift of the Spirit, they became members of one body, no matter what their former ethnic or social status, they now form one new body. Their individual gifts serve to make this new body function as one in harmony. The diverse gifts and ministries in the community are a result of God's purposeful design for the church. It is true that some gifts and ministries are more important than others. For example, apostleship takes priority over speaking in tongues. Yet, a Christian should not strive for gifts that have not been given them. Not all can be apostles. Still, all ministries are equal in dignity, if not in importance. God gave the Corinthians gifts according to his own design and will, and they should not attempt to change that. Furthermore, Paul views the Christian community as a unit, so interconnected that if one part suffers, all feel the pain. 
And if one is honored, all rejoice. Today's gospel reading consists of two distinct passages. The first contains the opening lines of Luke's gospel. It defines his purpose and method. He intends to write a coherent and systematically arranged account of Jesus' life in order to set the faith of his friend Theophilus on on a firm foundation. Luke Luke aims to lead Theophilus and all other readers away from ignorance and uncertainty to a sound understanding of Jesus and the events of his life. Today we begin an orderly reading on Sundays in Ordinary Time through the Gospel of St. Luke. Missing is the infancy narrative found in Luke's first two chapters. We heard it very recently during Advent and the Christmas season. Also admitted, it omitted is all of chapter 3, which recounts the ministry of St. John the Baptist and the baptism of Jesus and of his temptation for 40 days in the desert. So today, after hearing the opening dedication to Theophilus with Luke's statement of intent, we pass immediately to the scene in the synagogue of Nazareth. Here, it is here that Luke chooses to begin the account of the public ministry of Jesus. Pope Francis says among all the evangelists, St. Luke is the one that chooses to highlight the mercy of Jesus. St. Luke's gospel gives a special place to the poor, the outcast, and the sinner. It also tells of the gentleness and compassion of Jesus, and it is the gospel of the Holy Spirit, of prayer, of joy, and of the mission to the Gentiles. As Luke's Luke's gospel tells us, Jesus reads from the scrolls of the prophet Isaiah and announces that he is the one who is the coming coming was foretold by the prophets and the scriptures are fulfilled in him. Next week's gospel, we will hear for for this claim, they will try to kill him, but it wasn't yet his time. Many Christians come to church expecting miracles, entertainment, and simple answers. But maturing faith cannot remain only on the level of socializing and mindless routines. Luke did not write his gospel to make people jump up and shout, but to lead his Christian readers to understand Jesus and his work and his values. Boy, I'm having trouble today. These words. Who wrote this? Fortunately... Today, we have access to the wide variety of educational materials and resources in our communities and parishes. God's word brings life to us. As the body of Christ, we must teach them to others according to our vocational calling. Catholics are struggling in our faith under the attack of secularism, and moral relativism. We need the Ezra's of our time to reteach us the beauty of our faith. It is good to be here in our Catholic community. And in the words of Ezra, the priest, 
Do not be sad in this day, for rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. 